welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Nuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Thunderous Applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Plus, our coaching focused podcasts Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. Joining me tonight, Dan Galinsky, Amadou So. How you guys doing? How are we how are we tonight? It's been a it's been a pretty, you know, decent Thursday night. I agree. Dan, how have you been? Excellent. Excellent. Love to hear it, man. I mean it's it's been good. We've we've had a couple of good games here. You know, the Cavaliers since we have last spoken, have had their their maybe lowest point of the season, but then a couple of really, really high points. Um, obviously, we were all wrong about the – well, I don't know if I'll say – Dan, you predicted that – Yeah, I think that, Dan um, was right. He actually predicted it right. Dan was right. Dan was right that uh, the the Celtics would beat the Cavaliers. I don't know if any of us expected us to be a, a 36 piece, I believe. But uh, – Bounced back. I was a little bit worried there that they wouldn't against the Lakers. Ended up, you know, LeBron going, I believe, 9 of 10 in the fourth quarter with 21 points. We can get into that in a little bit. But, hey, like they were in it the whole game up until the end, even despite LeBron going nuclear. So, like to see that. And then they end the week with a, a win against Detroit in a convincing manner. So, um, we'll get into all that a little bit later. But uh, we want to start here with uh, the road back. It has been a minute since we have talked about the road back here on the podcast, uh, season one, episode four, I believe of that. I remember when they said that they were going to be doing that every other week. That has not been the case. But um, I do. I know that you watched it. Did you? And did you enjoy the episode? It's just kind of like the others, kind of a short ten to thirteen minute thing. Uh, this was just kind of covering the preseason and you know just kind of showing some a little bit of practice, a little some highlights from the games. Um, just general stuff, some interviews, but anything that yeah. really stood out to you in that? 
Um, yeah, I liked it. Honestly, it was a short, like you said, um, just to relive those moments again, the Isaac Okoro and one game winner, his in practice uh, game winning three, you know, just those moments right there. I feel like it was good to, to see those once again. Well, we got to see, like you said, some highlights, you know, the, the Isaac Okoro one. We got to see, you know, that Kevin Love three that was having got to yeah. watch Kevin Love play basketball. So just getting to relive him actually out on the court was a little bit of a nice thing. You know, got to see some stuff in practice as well. Didn't get any uh, Dante, Thon, or Matt Mooney highlights, though. Got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed. We saw saw them all in the background a couple times, but never got to get a never never got a spot in the front seat there, which was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, it's pretty tough, man. Pretty tough. Like like I said previously, I mean, Exum leaving the way he did, you know, it's tough. But I, I wish I wish all three of them well. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you expected to get any, but we we got to get Matt Booney. We got to get one Matt Booney three on the road back. Come on now. But um, anyway, like I said, we'll get to the, the game performances a little bit later. But, oh, Lord, have the rumors been flying this week with the Cavaliers. Uh, and I'm not really sure why. Again, like they flopped against the against the Celtics. We, we that, that was just bad. Um, they, they quickly bounced back from that. Despite that, apparently Kevin Love is getting bought out of his contract. Apparently Andre Drummond is getting bought out of his contract. And apparently both of them are joining the Nets, probably on the vet min. So um, I think it was in particular Jason Dumas, who his Twitter bio says that he's a sports director for Cron News in the Bay Area. So, I mean, I don't know why he's breaking Cleveland news. But he says that, well, he, he originally stated that if Kevin Love is healthy, we should expect him to be bought out and that uh, he would likely have many suitors, including the Nets. Later said that his quote-unquote sources told him that Kevin Love would not be bought out. The world was shocked by that. But, um, Dan, what has been your take on just these rumors in general flying about, you know, not just Kevin, but on Andre and, you know, the potential of him getting bought out? Uh, especially at a time when the, the Cavs are really playing well and like you still have to believe at this point that maybe they're still in that play-in race, maybe they're in the playoff race. So what, what have you thought about all these rumors flying around? Well, I mean, I've had to aggregate them because others have. I mean, I have to give the guy his, his due, if you will. Um, but it's it's hard to really take those at, at all seriously I'm sorry to Jason Dumas I, if that's how you pronounce it whatever um, I, I I guess he had I would imagine he had like a relationship with JaVale because back when um, JaVale was back with the uh, Warriors and and or with Kevin Durant I, I don't know it just seems to be that's that's the case for um, the connection there like with the Nets and Durant um, and or JaVale, but it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty clear that you would think that the Cavs might have some motivation to maybe get something back for them. I, I don't, I don't know how in the, uh, I don't really know how that Kevin Love would be bought out when there's got to be due, like, what, like 80 million at this point? I, I, that seems a little bit out of let the out of a different galaxy, but yeah, it's not much to that, but um, yeah, you would think that the Cavs would want to get something back for 
one and or the other. But to me, again, um, Greg Schwartz um, of Bleacher Report wrote a piece today kind of alluded to how Kevin Love, it just seems like the trade value we don't know right now. And to me, I just personally think he's going to be around through the end of the season. I'm with you on that. I really don't I – mean, we've been talking about this. I don't really see a world in which Kevin Love gets traded. This, I mean, I, I see – I don't say – I see a world, but, like, if I had to guess, Kevin Love is probably still on this roster. Um, there are obviously, you know, ways – you know, maybe somebody decides that they want to trade for him, but especially with the injuries. But that that's exactly the point is – Well, it's I, that and that you would – I would imagine he'd have to be out for an ex- for maybe not extended period, but some period of time for protocols too. Yeah. Right? So for I protocols don't... in what way? Well, it's just like based on the ex- what is it like a week or whatever with Tory and Prince, and I mean it worked out for the Cavs because they had those two games canceled. Mm-hmm. But I would think that he has he would be active for maybe like three to four inactive for three to four games before even being able to kind of be in the fold for a team anyway. Yeah, and if you're going to make a mid season deal, you would want that guy to be there like pretty much ASAP if you're going to go with that blockbuster anyway. And that's you know if he's healthy as well, but, right? And we God knows that's a big if. Yeah, but. Yeah. I have to feel like people that say that Kevin Love is getting a buyout just don't know how a buyout works. Basically, that's that's not yeah, that, that's not yeah. waiving him. That's not just paying him his salary and saying you know be gone. We want the roster spot. It's got to be. That's, why would he give that, anything up? That's Kevin Love giving back the money. It's not the. It's not ownership. You know, giving up the, like Kevin Love right. would be giving up the rest of his salary so that he could go play somewhere else. Kevin Love is again on a thirty million dollar a year salary this year. He still has plenty of that left. Again, between this year, next year, and the year after that, it's about $80 million at this point. You know, depending on however much he's been paid so far this season, not exactly sure. But that's probably over $80 million that Kevin Love would be leaving on the table so that he could go sign into Brooklyn's disabled player exception amount of like $5.5 million to go play for the Nets. Like, it's not happening. So... (laughs) Amadou, what have you thought of just this this Kevin Love nonsense that's been flying around and the Andre Drummond stuff as well? Do you think that there's – I mean, it seems like Andre Drummond buyout talk and at least you know rumors have gotten a little bit more traction than the Kevin Love stuff, but it all seems absurd, at least to me. What have you yeah. thought about all of it? Well, like you guys, with the Kevin Love stuff, I just feel like that's – like you said, I mean, come on. Kevin Love's not leaving $80 million on the table to go be a, a fourth option on a Nets team that isn't even a given to make the finals. Either way, I mean, that that one doesn't make sense to me. Neither does the Andre Drummond one concerning that the Cavs look like they want to be, you know, competitive this season. They look like they want to make a playoff push. And I've seen a lot of people try to compare, like, this Andre Drummond situation to, like, what had happened in Charlotte with, you know, Nicola Batum. And people were, like, saying, oh, you know, the, the Hornets had released Batum or stretched his contract out. But two completely different situations. I mean, the, the Hornets waived Batum to sign Gordon Hayward. So there's no free agent out there for the Cavs to to sign currently so that in itself doesn't make sense i just i just feel like this is one of those things where a big team or you know a big market team you know is trying to you know get some rumors out there to potentially make a move happen of some sort besides that i just i I really don't get it well larry sanders is out there so (laughs) larry sanders is out there john henson is too 
That's, I mean, that's John surprising, Henson, actually. Yeah. That is surprising. Yeah. yeah. It, it, like, John Henson and Dwayne Dedman, at this point, it almost makes me think, like, is maybe there is a reason that those guys haven't been signed. Like, maybe there's something that teams know that we don't. Because a team like Brooklyn signed Norvell Pell. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, Brooklyn is in the position where they, like, need someone who can play actual minutes, and they go out and sign Norvell Pell, who, like, again, is a decent rim protector, but, like, so is John Henson. I just, I, I don't, I, I didn't really understand that, but maybe the, there's there's some information out there that, that they know that I don't, I don't know. But, Amadou, have you actually heard people say that the, like, like, people recommend that the Cavs, like, wave and stretch Andre's contract? I haven't heard anyone, you know, of, in the, anywhere near the organization well, say that. reputable, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard that any, yeah, exactly. It's been just a lot of talk from guys who you know, aren't as reputable as those top guys, which again, that just, I just feel like that's them just trying to stir something up, stir the pot up or something. I I just have no idea where this, this rumor even came from. And I, well, I will say, first of all, uh, the Cavaliers in no way were even able to stretch Andre Drummond's contract at this point. One, he's on an expiring and two, once the season starts, you can't stretch the current year. So if the Cavaliers were to just straight up wave Andre Drummond, they wouldn't be able to stretch it. They wouldn't open up any cap space. It would be no different. Again, the only way that they could get cap space is through a buyout, which, again, like, is more realistic for Andre to get a buyout than Kevin Love, considering he's in the last year of his deal. But for Andre to get a buyout at this point would still be surrendering $20 million at least for him. It really just doesn't make sense. I don't understand why, again... He would go for this. I, I think that there is a very realistic world where Andre gets traded if he's really just not happy in Cleveland. But I don't really think that he's unhappy right now. Yes, they got Jared Allen as his long-term replacement, but like he's still playing plenty of minutes now. This team, at the moment, is competitive. Dan, what have you thought of just kind of the uh, the Andre Drummond rumors? And do you think that there's any real chance? I, it, those around the league, and I think like even Dan Feldman, I saw reported it today that there's like front office executives or whoever, you know, their sources are, which, again, if, if Jason Dumas can claim he have sources, then I can claim I have sources. But sources that, you know, Andre Drummond is uh, pretty much a done deal that he's going to get bought out. What have you thought about some of these these rumors? Yeah, Zach Harper of The Athletic reported that, I think. Um, basically, I, in addition to Dumas, but I, I don't understand exactly where... I mean, does Andre Drummond dislike his situation, detest his situation that much already? It's just, it's kind of shocking that it's considered, quote unquote, a matter of time that he's bought out. I don't, I just really don't get it. Like, how many, he's allowed to bring the ball up the floor coast to coast in secondary transition when he has, when there's a one on three situation regularly and is allowed to actually go to the basket in those situations. So what is he like, what other sit, what other uh, amount of freedom, what amount of freedom does he not have? I don't like, it's not, I, I just really don't understand where that's coming from. And by the situation, no, if he does that one time with Kyrie Irving on the floor, I think Kyrie might walk off. And I just don't understand like where this is coming from. And, Buyout situations are not happening with a guy that's playing that key of a role, or I guess whether we like it or not. And 
it, I, I just don't understand where where that is coming from, or the, or the Cavs just. Sorry to say this in kind of a condescending way, but as Kobe Altman turned brain dead, I, I don't really get why they wouldn't try to get an asset back, or at least I, I like just play it out. I mean, I, I guess it would go to cap savings, if you will, but I I don't really understand why in that sense they would just like you might as well just let him play out the season then too, and maybe be more of a mentor for Jared Allen. He seems bought in. It seems to have a good relation, really good relationship with Altman. I don't understand what exact I, Andre Drummond doesn't seem like the guy. I mean, I don't obviously know him, but he doesn't seem like the guy that would be like content being like a fifth fiddle, if you will, factoring in Joe Harris too. So I, yeah, th- those, those rumors, reports, whatever you want to consider them are, are just, I, I just feel like they're a little bit blasphemous to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I struggled to like, find you know any real validity and i just and it's coming from real like so, like for for the record duncan smith who is of hoops habit um yeah. kind of an umbrella fan side and also a forbes a pistons guy a pistons guy is a pistons reporter is uh, has been around the block for a long time he obviously would know andre drummond stuff a lot more than we would basically completely refuted those saying like the that drummond is not going to just be bought out so for the record sorry yeah, all good. But, um, yeah, especially when the Cavaliers have other options of just keep him on the roster. Like, you're competitive right now. Andre is in a position where you mentioned he can he has kind of a, a little bit of a longer leash than he might have on, like, a real serious championship contender. And like, the Cavaliers will trade Andre Drummond before they buy him out. Like, the guy, it's, it's not... James Harden trade value, but the guy has trade value. You can get something for him. So, it, it, like you say, it really just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, looking at some some trades, though, we have seen that, I think, did you say it was on uh, Kevin O'Connor's podcast, Dan? Yeah, the it was K- Andre stuff? KOC and um, basically John, I think it was like just like an episode of the Ringer NBA shows, like him, Sharks, uh, I think J. Kyle Mann, and and then later on he had, like, um, I think Nikias Duncan, like, later on talking about the Heat, but yeah, it was with uh, those three guys initially. Or two guys, I'm sorry. He mentioned that uh, both the Raptors and Mavericks, big surprise, have interest in trading for Andre Drummond. Um, this is something that's a little bit more believable than him getting bought out, which just makes the whole thing more absurd than, than you know, before. Because there are teams that are interested in trading for him and giving up something of value for him. Why would you buy him out? But we're, we're past that. Um, looking at just kind of the possibilities here, um, Amadou, we can start with you. Looking at both the Raptors and the Mavericks, uh, how do you like the fit on both of these teams? Is there one that you like more than the other? I feel like Drummond would fit extremely well or better on the Mavericks than with the Raptors, just concerning the fact that the Mavericks do have that spacing. You know, of course, they have KP at the four. And um, those two, that duo, KP and uh, Drummond, would be like the new Twin Towers. You know, we haven't seen a, a front court duo that good since, what, DeMarcus since Cousins, Since Andre Drummond Davis. and Blake Griffin. Or that, or that too, honestly. You know, <laughs> both of those guys were actually good for that one season. But that duo will be nice. Again, you're giving Luka another potential pick and roll guy even though we haven't really seen you know Drummond work in the pick and roll this season 
just a low post body um, guy who's great at rebounding, of course. And yeah, I do. I do definitely like that fit in Dallas. Dan, how do you like the two fits there? Is there one that you like more? Yeah, I'm with Amadou. Um, just as basically just because uh, Luca's created creation ability um, for himself and others is just something you just don't see very often. And uh, yeah, I just it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. He he could carve out space. Um, him and obviously with KP uh, be kind of interesting lineup construction with him and Kleba I could maybe see them even going jumbo um, maybe with kind of Kleba at the three there um, yeah I, I think that'd be an intriguing fit I will say I like both of the fits you know both the, the, the Mavericks and the Raptors but the Raptors are actually one that are particularly interesting to me obviously we just know that their center play has been outside of Chris Boucher who's been a pleasant surprise really just not good this year uh, they already waived Alex Len. Uh, Aaron Baines has been a, a a very big disappointment. He doesn't look like anything other than just an average backup at this point, and he's being has to do a lot more. I think you, you just you look at a Dallas's center you know situation. Obviously, Dwight Powell has struggled, um, and that's that's not a contract that looks very good right now. But they do have him there. Uh, they have Willie Cauley Stein. They have Maxi Kleba. They have you know Kristaps Porzingis who isn't really going to play a ton of minutes at the center, especially not with how fragile he's been. But uh, you, you look at Toronto, and it's it's Aaron Baines, it's Chris Boucher. You know, maybe you can go really, really small and put a guy like, I don't know, you know, OG Ananobi there maybe at times. But I just think that there's a much more dire need for the center spot for the Raptors. Um, and I think having a guy like Andre Drummond in there, it, it, well, well, Chris Boucher has been very, very well. The guy is, you know, rail thin. Having a real effective, which I kind of think they were hoping to get in guys like Alex Len and Aaron Baines, but a real, like, really, really effective bruiser there would be really, really very, very beneficial for them. And obviously, they don't have the creators, the level of Luka, but having guys like Kyle Lowry and... um. Fred Van Vliet, and I guess I didn't mention Pascal Siakam earlier, who can also play some small ball five. But having Pascal Siakam there as well as someone who has struggled this year, but we know that he does have some shot creation ability. So I think that it would work there well as well. Um, the, the Siakam, Drummond backcourt, I think, or frontcourt rather, would work very, really well. Um, looking at how some of these deals might work, uh, looking at just some of the contracts on these teams, if you're looking at... Uh, Dallas in particular, you have um, basically James Johnson would probably be in any of these deals. He's a $16 million expiring. Outside of that, you have Dwight Powell, who is making basically $11 million this year and the next two. Um, the next two seasons, not the next as well. But, um, you know, Josh Richardson, I don't think they would part with. Maybe they part with Maxi Kleba. Maybe they part with Tim Hardaway Jr., but um, what do you think a deal would look like, Amadou, with uh, with Dallas in particular? Yeah, what do you think I the Cavs like, like would want, said. and what do you think that Dallas mm. would be willing to give up? Well, I feel like the Cavs would want to get a center back, you know, considering that that would be a hole that they have to fill. Of course, they still have JaVale McGee, but, you know, we don't know when his time could come to an end with the Cavaliers. Like we said, you know, the Nets could be, you know, looking to make a move in the coming future. But, yeah, I feel like if you're the Cavs, you probably do want to, 
take a center back, considering that all of the other positions, I mean, wings, we have enough of those and their guards. I just don't see them parting ways with uh, Jalen Brunson or DeLon Wright. So, actually, wait, I don't think DeLon Wright's on DeLon the team Wright's anymore. He's, he's on Detroit. Yeah, he's on Detroit. Yeah, yeah. But either way, I don't but, see them parting ways. But Josh Richardson or, or yeah. Josh Richardson or Jalen Brunson, yeah, I don't, see, I don't see them parting ways with either of those guys. So, it would probably have to be, you know, James Johnson and, you know, either or Maxi Kleba or Dwight Powell. Now, Kleba, I think we can all agree that that's probably the one that we want the most considering that Dwight Powell off his Achilles injury has not looked good this season. But then again, I mean, you know, guy, unless you're Kevin Durant, you're not going to come back looking like your former self off an Achilles injury. But either way, Kleba would probably be the guy that I want alongside James Johnson. It's just about if the Mavericks, you know, want to trade him because Kleba, again, he's a stretch five who can open the floor a lot. And if you trade him, that'd probably be, you know, it'd mean more minutes for Porzingis at that five. And like you said, I don't think you'd want Porzingis playing many minutes at the five, considering how fragile he is, you know, even though he does open up the offense a lot. But yeah, I feel like a, a deal would have to start with James Johnson and then either one of those centers. Dan, what do you think the deal would look like? Um, you know, between, do you, would you agree with Amadou as far as it being either Maxi Kleber or Kleber Kleba? or Dwight Powell, um, what do you think that the Mavericks would be willing to give up here, assuming that there's probably going to be some draft compensation in there as well? Uh, do you think that that's something that the the Mavericks would go for, looking at Kleba in particular? Yeah, I, I don't really see Kleba as kind of being that. I just I don't see them giving him up. Uh, that's just hard to see for me. Um just because in the West playoffs specifically, you, you really need uh, guys that can space the floor. And especially if you're going to bring in a guy like Drummond, who's questionable outside. Well, actually questionable anywhere. Um, I think it's shooting like sub 49% right now. Um, you, you need max spacing, really. Um, if you're trying to be kind of building or at least maybe try to see what you have in Drummond and, and maybe contend in the playoffs. I, I don't That might be far-fetched for them. But um, if you're going to try to maximize him, you, you have to have spacing for it. Um, I don't know. I just maybe uh, I would think like a future two could be in the realm, I think, with Johnson and Powell. Um, I know he's had a rough year, but he's shown some things in the past. Um, prior to that uh, Achilles injury, he's – He's a guy that can play vertical, um, pretty pretty willing roller, good, really good screener. Um, I, I think you could kind of, if he's in a bench role with Allen taking over there, you could probably ease him in. And as we've seen, and you kind of alluded to, and between us, um, what happened with Torian Prince, how he's seemed to kind of have benefited from his change of scenery. Maybe that's the case with Powell. Um, and yeah, he's he has a tradable deal going forward, realistically from there. But I'll also look at uh, Josh Green. Maybe you add in there as well. So those two, and then in addition, Josh Green. Um, I, honestly, I think he's kind of an untapped potential guy. Um, I understand it's another guard, but it's a guy you'd have, I think, control of what for three more years or whatnot. Three um, years after this one, yeah. 
three years after this one. And, and then restricted rights, so... Right, and then restricted rights. I, I think that's kind of like a pick, frankly. Um, I, I think he's a dude that has real two-way potential, kind of like a two-guard, um, at least a rotational guy that can kind of be almost kind of Norman Powell-esque to me. Um, I, that's kind of who I compare him to, um, just kind of projecting onward. And to me, that, that would be a decent return for Drummond, who basically you got for nothing anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking at a guy like Josh Green, someone who, like you said, kind we, of would We can take back two players right now, correct? Yes, like, we can like take we back can two do, players without having a, to... Cru- yeah, a three-for-one is what I'm getting at. A three-for-one? Uh, that I, I, would require probably either waiving a guy like Dean Wade or... Oh, I meant to say including Dean Wade waving. That's what I meant. Oh, Sorry. If we were to Dean, waive Dean Wade, which I wouldn't yeah, love yeah, yeah. to do, yeah, I would say but, the other option eh. would be to try to just dump... Javel somewhere, and that's what yeah, I think the, I'm the direction kind of, you'd rather I'm go. Just kind of, yeah, this is an idea basically after trying to like find uh, an exception for Javel. That's that's mm-hmm. this is like down the road. Yeah, is is all. Yeah, I, I really don't want to wait for Dean Wade. I like the guy too much, but um, okay. And obviously, if, it, if it's the right move, what'd you say? No, I said okay. That's, that's I was saying if you find the right move, and it's just you know. It's like it's it's a fantastic return, but you can't do it unless you wave Dean Wade. Fine, it still hurt, but if you don't have to, I wouldn't do it. But yeah, look at a guy like like Josh Green. Um, yeah, like you said, a guy who has a chance to be a good rotational two three. Um, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Not about, a guy. I don't know about three. I don't know about eh, three. We'll see. Mm-hmm. He's what six but, four six five two hundred. He could play yeah, I'm in not, some spurts. Yeah, I'm not. Down the I'm line, not I think. Three. Yeah, on the line. Know. Down the line, I think he's got some potential there. But a guy he's who's have proven, to put I think, on about twenty pounds to play the three. But I got gotcha. you. And either way, but someone who I think has proven, even as a rookie, to be a solid defender. Obviously, oh, yeah. that he'll get better there. Uh, the shot hasn't really come along yet. We'll have to see how that progresses. But someone who really, I it was somebody that I liked uh, again. Just you know, another. Another guy who would fit well into Cleveland's guard rotation. Um, not really a point guard, but could could do some stuff. <laughs> if you could get Maxi Kleba, that's where I think I would really like to go. That's somebody who is under cost control, um, making eight million this season, uh, just under nine million next season, and just over nine million the next season after that, with a either non or partial guarantee. I don't remember which one, but that's somebody who I think if you could get Maxi Kleba. I think that alone you're happy with. You're getting a, a solid backup center. Uh, not even a solid, but a very, very good backup center on a reasonable contract for you know a few years behind Jared Allen. I think that would be a great return. If you, if it had to be the Powell route, again, I'm not as high on Powell. I think he's making too much money. And um, just coming off an Achilles, that's just – for a guy that relied on his athleticism as much as he did – I just that that's a major red flag for me. Um, you would definitely have to attach a guy like Josh Green or uh, you know a first and uh, multiple seconds or whatever. But I, I would be very very hesitant to add a guy like that. Looking over at the Raptors though, um, which again are another team that are you know rumored to be at least interested. Um, I think. You probably put a guy like Aaron Baines in this deal. It's it's a little bit more tricky to reach that salary number for for Toronto just because they don't have a guy like James Johnson making sixteen million on expiring. But they do have Norman Powell. They have Aaron Baines. They have Chris Boucher. They have 
you know, other pieces. Stanley Johnson is making $3 million. Um, other than that, I don't really think there's one guy here that they would really be super willing to give up that's making any real money. Uh, do either of you guys, we'll start with you, Amadou, see a real possible trade for the Raptors to make for Andre? I, I want to lean towards no for this one, just because I feel like looking at their roster, considering what they'd have to give up for Andre Drummond, I just don't think it's worth it on their end. Um, you talk about, I feel like, you know, the Raptors, you know, despite what their record might say, they're still a team that wants to be competitive. They've never really been a, a tanking team. Um, so I just don't feel like they'll, I, I just, I, I mean, and you, you talk about giving up this much. Well, we talked, you know, a little bit prior to this podcast that, you know, it'd probably have to be Powell and then Boucher. A guy like Baines and then probably Boucher Baines, just yeah. to make money work. Yeah, I feel like that's just, you know, that's Even a lot Even then to you might for. still have to add some salary just to get there. Maybe yeah. you throw in Patrick McCaw as well. Yeah. I just feel like that that's that's a lot to give up for a guy who we don't even know if he'll be back. You know, Andre Drummond isn't expiring. You have Boucher who off the bench, you know, has looked actually pretty solid for, you know, um, the Raptors in spurts. He's averaging 2.2 blocks, 14 points, six boards, and only paying 23 minutes per game. So... You know, that's definitely a good piece right there. Of course, Norman Powell, he started the season off kind of rocky, but, you know, over his last four games, he scored above uh, 20 in each of those. So maybe he's getting his footing down once again. And I mean, Baines and McCarr throw-ins. I wouldn't really talk about those as long-term pieces. But yeah, I just feel like the Raptors will be a team to just stay put and just continue to ride the wave. Um, I believe Kyle Lowry is still hurt. So when he comes back, that's even more firepower for them. And yeah, I feel like they'll they'll, they'll be fine with their their core that they have now and you know Kyle Lahr is a free agent so you know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with them this offseason that's when they could look to sign Drummond you know right then and there if they really wanted him so yeah I feel like for a team like the Raptors they'd look to stay put. Amadou you're telling me that you would not be excited to have former Cavalier great Cavalier. Patrick McCall Ooh. back on the roster? What a what a rocky ending that was. Um, I mean, what a rocky if he's for start sure. and start middle and of ending. That, that was yeah, well, yeah, ending. yeah. Hmm. If if the Cavs are for it, and if McCaw is for it, hey, I'll I'll welcome him back in open arms. Dan, what do you think of the possibility of a Raptors deal with Andre Drummond? And obviously, third teams can always get involved, and that opens up endless possibilities. But do you see any real possible move being made here between the two teams? Yeah, I, I just don't see the Raptors wanting to give up Chris Boucher. Um, I, I just think he's he fits into their what they want to do so well. Um, kind of the complete opposite of Drummond in the sense that he's he's bought into his role. Um, kind of a guy that they brought along gradually. Uh, fits kind of that Toronto slowly but surely kind of guy and kind of similar to Norman Powell seems to kind of fit into that culture and uh, I, I just I wouldn't expect them to kind of have to give him up for honestly a rental in, in Drummond and I, I just I don't see them wanting to really invest heavily in Drummond going forward that's kind of my hesitation there um, and or give up Powell in the process it just seems like that would be kind of have to be in that sense, even in a third team um, situation. And it's just, it, it's just a lot, uh, well, not a lot easier, but kind of more feasible for a, a Dallas deal to come about. And 
Yeah, I, I just think it's. I don't know if Drummond really moves the needle for that team, to be honest with you. And uh, it's. Ugh. I, I just think a guy like at least JV at least had more touch when he was there, and at least could provide some some mid range like kind of short roll shooting. And I, I think with them, they at least like that a little bit. Kind of factoring guys like Surge um, before as well. I, I just I don't really see that with Toronto kind of happening at all. Yeah, and I guess it, when I look at it, it, it'll depend on you know any chance of this being a real realistic possibility. I think it'll depend on how Norman Powell plays. If he still struggles, then I could see the Raptors wanting to get off of his money because he has a player option next year for eleven and a half million dollars. And if they do want to have some open cap space next season, they would need to get off of that. If they wanted to have, theoretically, a max slot next offseason, they would have to either have him decline that or trade him away. Uh, and obviously, the, the free agent market next season is not looking like it once did. Obviously, Giannis is off the board. Other guys are as well. But um, you, you look at what the Cavs would be getting back, they'd be eating you know, that. And at that point, the, the wing rotation is so crowded, you'd have to think somebody probably gets traded anyway, whether it's Norman or Tarion or Jetty or whoever else. But Aaron Baines is basically a $7 million expiring. He has a non-guaranteed season after this. Uh, Chris Boucher is in the same sense. You'd have to think the Cavs yeah. would want to keep him. Uh, whether Patrick McCall would be a throw-in or not, it would just purely be expiring salary. I wouldn't even be surprised if they just waived him if they got him. But, um, yeah, um, I don't really think it's – a super realistic thing, but if you're looking, if, if for me, if I'm Toronto, it, it sounds like almost again, and this is assuming that Norman Powell continues to struggle. If really all you're giving up is Chris Boucher, because Aaron Baines is basically being replaced by by Andre. Um, this is assuming that Norman is struggling. Uh, Patrick McCaw is Patrick McCaw. He's not really worth anything. I think if you look at it that way. You know, the Cavaliers get back, uh, you know, again, less expensive backup center uh, who will be under contract next season as well. The The Raptors get the better player. Um, it makes some sense to me, but I, I really don't expect it to happen. I think that I, I'm with you guys. I think a, a Dallas deal is definitely more realistic, but um, I, well, I do understand the Raptors' interest. The other thing that I was going to say – kind of also factored into it is that the Cavs, at least for right now, I would think for, I mean, we'll see how this next month goes. That pretty much says it, but it's a team. I just consider him also, it's a team in the East that you could be at least competing for theoretically for the play in. Um, I would think they're not a play in team. They they're, I think they'll end up being a legit playoff team anyway, but I, I just also think that the Cavs ideally would want to send him out west. And I think Fedor, in a prior report, mentioned that the Clippers could be one, theoretically, that might be yeah. interest as well. So I would just think that the Cavs would rather send him out west. And you're probably right about that. At the same time, like I, I've said this before, if the Cavaliers do go through and trade Andre Drummond, I would view that as punning on the season. Um I think they kind of need Andre to stay, you know, like seriously in that playoff mix this season if they do remain there. I think if he, if we are to trade Andre, it would be either just punting and 
you know, just, you know, kind of waving the white flag on the season, or if we really just kind of, February comes around, this Cavs team just grinds to a halt and really, really struggles, then I could see a trade happening. But it it does hold some sense as if, you know, if if it is option C and this team is competitive and they still want to move off him, I, I do understand them having more incentive to move him to the West than the East. I just want to throw one more trade at you guys before we, we move on here. It is a Kevin Love trade to the Nets. Just because why the heck not? I'm going to do, I'll get your take on it first. Kevin Love for DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Tyler Johnson, who cannot yet be traded because he just signed recently, but once Tyler Johnson is eligible to be traded, Tyler Johnson and Landry Sham. Yeah, I'd take that in a heartbeat, honestly. Um, I just feel like if you do that trade, would that trade be considered punting on the season? Because obviously there's going to be a hole there at that four spot. You know, you could probably, you know, garner it through the season, but in the offseason, that's going to be a spot that you're going to have to, you know, fill. So, is that a well, trade that thing. you... Is this punting on the season? Because the Cavaliers already look like they're competing well, yeah, for the without, playoffs yeah. without Kevin Love. Yeah. And you're getting back a guy like Shamit who can play a little bit, like DeAndre that can play a little bit. Maybe you wave Tyler Johnson. You know, Dinwiddie isn't going to play this season. But you're getting back something. Yeah. I just view it as, if you make that trade, that's a... We're going to you know, go all out for next season type of trade where you go into the offseason, you hope that you have a top pick where you can then get, you know, a guy who can fill in that role at the four position that is gone now because Kevin Love has been traded. But just talking about the players, yeah, I mean, you're getting Spencer Dinwiddie who can fill that backup point guard position, a position that I don't even know if we'd say we still need because Dodson has been, you know, solid there. But I feel like, you know, everybody can say that Dinwiddie is an obvious, you know, jump in production than Dodson is. And he is coming up from Achilles. He went healthy. Is I think Dinwi has what one more year on his deal, or is this his? He has a player year? option, so okay. He has a player option. He's coming off the torn ACL, so he yeah, obviously won't play yeah, this season. Yeah, I feel like he'll accept that. But, though. Um, but yeah, if he does accept that, then next year he would be on an expiring. Yeah, well, yeah, it makes sense for him to you know accept that to try to get more value for next season. You know, he'd be great off the bench for us. Uh, actually, I think Jordan might be. The one not to be waived, but I feel like Jordan might be moved again because I feel like in a move like that, you'd be keeping JaVale too, right? And I, I just like... Well, again, all of these are hypotheticals. Like, yeah. this would be such a mess of a trade. But the thing is with DeAndre Jordan, like, I don't know if you can really find a team that wants him. Um, That's making, true also. I believe, what, $10 million this 10 million season year. and next? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. So, looking at it, yeah, he's making... DeAndre is making where are you, DeAndre? Ten million this season, ten million next, and like nine and a half the year after that. So Oof. it'd be pretty hard to trade Ooh, DeAndre yeah. at that point, I think. Yeah. I think it would be the the motivation behind this trade is one, if you're Brooklyn, you're saying screw depth. We only need five players on the court at one time. Um everybody else can get out of here. Um it, you know, DeAndre Jordan, you're basically replacing with Kevin Love. I'm assuming if this were to happen, they'd probably end up getting another center either in free agency or via trade like JaVale. But yeah, like JaVale. maybe you try mm-hmm. to play maybe you try to play Kevin Love at the five more, so that's basically a replacement there. Um Dinwiddie you already lost for the season. Tyler Johnson isn't anything significant. And the real piece that you're losing is uh Landry Shamit. Yeah and Shamit himself has, who hasn't even looked 
all that. Yeah, great Shamit this has has struggled this year, but if yeah. you're Cleveland, you're getting a look at a young guy who's under mm-hmm. contract this season and next. I think that's the real value for the Cavs in this deal. Um, again, it's not a great return, but it's getting off of Kevin Love's salary, replacing it with DeAndre Jordan, who still isn't great, but it's not that bad, um, and getting a look at a young guy. That's the rationale for the Cavs. Um, Dan, I want to get to you. What is <laughs> what is your take on this deal as a whole? Um, do you think that there's any world where the Nets do something like this? I only bring it up because the Cav- because the Nets reportedly have interest. That's the only the only real reason that I even suggest it. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, so it's you just imagine that the Cavs would wave a few guys, whatever. Um, kind of corresponding stuff. But, yeah, I, I'm with Amadou here. Uh, yeah, with DeAndre Jordan, he's just, at this point, just not the defender he once was. But um, is is a body is, is okay if, it, I mean, for a good amount of the time. Um, I think him and Larry Nance Jr. Um, could be an interesting pairing and to an extent. And he Nance has played a lot with, Drummond and that's had success this year um, in stretches too, so maybe that could fit. Um, you're kind of banking that he can keep progressing as a shooter and really um, kind of solidify that spot up ability, which is fair. Um, I think it's reasonable to suggest that at this point. And um, with Dinwiddie, yeah, it's a, basically it would be in another expiring asset, which which is good. Um, that's fine. And I, I'm a little bit concerned as to where he would kind of fit in um, with Shamit. He can, he's a shooter. He can kind of find his way on the floor to an extent. Uh, but between one of those two guys, um, if, if Dinwiddie's able to kind of prove to be able to kind of change change his pace uh, after that knee injury, which even if he's not. Um, that viable, it's it's okay. It's it's at least a viable risk. And at this point, um, who knows what what in the heck Love could really get at this point anyway. So yeah, I, I I'd give that my cosign sure. I think yeah, for the Cavs, it really makes complete sense. Um, and my thing is just I, I don't know if the Nets want to play on a team or, or have a team with like literally seven players under roster or whatever it would be. And it's, Obviously, it's also, at least from the Cavs perspective, I mean, and another plus it, it's kind of too early to consolidate really right now anyway. Yeah, it is. It is. Just figured I'd throw it out there. Yeah, but, it's reasonable. Um, moving on, uh, just kind of looking at this week's performances. Um, the Cavaliers got uh, killed by the Boston Celtics 141 to 103. Uh, Colin was the leading scorer in that game with 13 points. I think that's all we really need to say. We can move on from that one. Looking at L.A., um, the Cavaliers bounced back, played much better. Uh, Jetty, you know, had a good game. He had 20 points on 5 for 8 from 3, uh, 6-11 from the field. Uh, Andre had a good Andre game with 25 and 17. Um, overall, the Cavaliers just looked alive. Uh, we got to see Dylan Windler back on the floor, you know, playing well. Um, you know, Dylan Windler is someone who, again, is just proving that while, yes, he is a shooter, he does so many other things. Um, JaVale McGee was even getting a little bit of run in these games. We've seen him kind of crack back into the rotation, uh, partially due to foul trouble, but played 15 minutes against Boston, uh, played 
I believe, about 13 minutes against L.A. Yeah, and uh, didn't play against Detroit. But um, overall, good to see him get a little bit of run. Uh, Dan, I'll turn it to you here first. And, of course, obviously, um, against Detroit, obviously, they also beat 122 to 107. Um, again, another just completely solid game all around. Colin had 29 points. Um, yeah. Dan, from these past few games, anybody that's really stood out to you? Um, we know, as we were saying earlier, that Tarian Prince is someone who, in particular, has really seemed to, you know, carve out a role that really works for him here in Cleveland. Yeah, it just seems like the change of scenery for him is is kind of paid off. Um, seems to be playing at a nice pace, um, getting to his spots uh, in the pull-up game. That, that's been good to see. I, I like that he um, has, has shown nice awareness defensively. Um, that kind of came and kind of was up and down um, over the last few years for him. Um, but he's capable on that end. I think that uh, his ability to play the three and four, um, depending on the matchup, really helps. Uh, it's another guy to kind of be able to um, – you would hope be a seamless fit in a variety of lineups. Um, and I know people want to grill him. I, I get it. Um, but I, I really think I get LeBron was unbelievable in that game. I, I that game was, uh, kind of reminded me of when he went, um, kind of zero to our 43 on the Raptors. Um, that game too, 2018, just kind of making unbelievable mid range shots. Um, that that's kind of what that reminded me of. Um, but I, I really I, I get that it's it's not gonna people aren't gonna love it, but I, I really think I, Isaac Okoro is he's he's hanging in there. He's had really difficult matchups um, this this past four. Uh, well, not including Pistons game, but those four that four game stretch. Yes. I don't know what the the schedule makers were doing on that one. Um, but guarding, I, just I, just to say real quick, guarding a combination of Kevin Durant, James Harden. Uh, Nuclear Jalen Brown and LeBron James. Just wanted to throw. Yeah, and honestly, Jetty was guarding Jalen a good amount too. And yeah, uh, he was. And uh, but they they were just picking apart the Cavs zone there. But I I think he's kind of battled in there. And I I I don't know how it seems like he's had like a number of three point shots from the corner that have somehow not fallen. And his shot looks better to me, game to game. I think he's kind of gaining confidence out there. Um, had some really nice moves. I don't know how some of them didn't go, but um, the standout guy for me is Dylan Windler. Just his ability to um, make plays, just how he fits in and can make things happen without the ball. Uh, I, I, he's just been a pleasure to watch. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and you mentioned, yeah, just the, the kind of shooting struggles for Isaac. Uh, I think he's shooting, what, 33% from three right now. The thing is, like, Coming into this season, we kind of expected, you know, or just not even coming into the season, but just looking at him as a prospect before the draft. Like, that's kind of what we expected. Or uh, 29.7 isn't great. 29.7, oh. so I was a little bit off. But anyway, like, that's what we were thinking he was going to be, and we've already noticed that the shot has looked considerably better. So, you know, assuming that the shots do start falling, just because it does look better, I think – Having the fact that, you know, he's already in his rookie season and the shot is looking as good as it is, even if the shots, again, aren't falling, I think that that's a positive sign. I think so, another um, thing, just as a side note, it's I think it'll be interesting to see how often 
like what the Cavs do with Jetty, uh, Prince, Windler, and Okoro. I, I feel like those three, any three of those four could be on the four, like, considerable stretches. Yeah, I think you're completely right. You know, a lot of those guys, Okoro can play two or three. Uh, Jetty can play three, maybe a little bit of four. Tarian Prince can play, you know, three or four. So, yeah, you, you have guys there that are, that are multi-positional. But um, Amadou, anybody who's really stood out to you from this past week of Cavs basketball? Yeah, um, I just want to add, like you guys said, Okoro has been faced with some tough matchups. I want to say also, Jeremy Grant has been hooping too. And I'm pretty sure Okoro was the primary uh, defender against him, if I'm not mistaken. So that was another, you know, decently sized task there. But overall, um, we'll just talk about these past two games because that Celtics game was... Pretty painful to watch. But against the Lakers, I mean, talk about a team coming off a back-to-back against, you know, uh, the Celtics, who I think at the time were a top two. I think they still are a top two seeded team in the Eastern Conference. Um, talk about the beating they took to come back against the Lakers. And where Colin Sexton didn't even play up to his standards. I think he had 17 points. I think he shot, what, 6 of 17 or 6 of 18? Something like that. He didn't shoot particularly too well. You know, they stuck around. And it took a LeBron vintage moment like you know like Dan said we saw against the Raptors for the Lakers to pull out that win but you know I liked how they fought in that game uh this Pistons game I feel like that was a great all-around win like Dan said Dylan Windler really played well you know um hitting his threes is great to see now um Okoro played he played well himself too he you know he's gaining confidence I want to say you know he's not hesitating as much on threes anymore as you know he was in preseason and a little bit in the start of the season he had six assists last game, too. So, you know, we're seeing a glimpse of that playmaking abilities. Colin Saxon did his thing. We saw Darius Garland back in the starting lineup, and we saw DG's looking like how we looked in the beginning of the season. That's great. feels like everything is connecting, um, except for that uh, big man, you know, that one guy who shot 9 of 24, who, you know, it, it, it's, it happened. It, it's whatever. But overall, I liked how the Cavs have played. Yeah, and, and one more thing I, just, <laughs> I do want to mention. Uh, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> nah, I, I just, you know, I just had to bring it up. It was. You know oof. what? It, it 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 was what it was. We'll, we'll leave it at that. But um, I did just want to mention, uh, because I feel like we should acknowledge it, uh, there was some stupid member of the Cavs front office who uh, – Thought that uh, basically clapping in LeBron's face after he missed a shot was going to be a good idea. Um, and that was probably a, a good part of the reason that he went 9 for 10 in the fourth quarter and went LeBronto on the Cavs. Yeah. But um, overall, I, I think they ended up finding out who the guy was on Twitter. I forgot his name. It wasn't any, It wasn't. It wasn't. Kobe Altman or anybody. I think it was Jason Hillman, right? Like Dan Gilbert's writing guy. Yeah. Yeah. Skip Skip Bayless went in on a tangent on that. Yeah. (laughs) Shame on. What'd you say his name is? Jason. I think Hillman. Hillman. Shame on you, Jason Hillman. You may have cost the Cavs the game. But um, anyway, looking ahead at this week, the Cavaliers, um, I'm assuming, will probably end up recording again, probably. Monday this coming week. So, but anyway, the Cavaliers next up have the Knicks and the Timberwolves. They play the Knicks once, who, again, the Knicks are, are looking a little bit better, but not really. Uh, and then the Timberwolves, who have been quite possibly the biggest disaster in the league. Uh, Dan, I'll start with you on this one. Um, 
do the Cavs have a chance to uh, to win all three of these next three games? Or I, I should say they have a chance, but do you think they will win all these next three games? No, I, I'm going to say uh, people that love Anthony Edwards, they'll get their, their fill and he'll have a, a big second game uh, and have his kind of maybe – Dante eggs a moment against them, uh, against us, and I'll, I'll say we go two and one. I'm gonna where yet. Um, I do want to say this. I feel like these next stretches of games will be a pretty good test for the Cavaliers, considering that you know against like the Celtics and Lakers. I mean, come on. I mean, if you expect them to win both games convincingly, y- y- you know. I mean, but for the Cavs to you know be a legit you know, seventh, eighth, sixth seed potentially, you're gonna you're gonna have to beat those teams who have played at your level or worse than your level. We've seen the Knicks, you know, they played, you know, probably at the Cavs level. Like you said, the Timberwolves are a disaster. So you're gonna have to beat those teams. But um that being said, I feel like we go two and one too, but I personally believe that we drop one against the Knicks. We seem to always have those those battles against the Knicks and I feel like this one will just be one that doesn't really go our way. I feel like the Wolves, I don't know if Cat will be able to play in any of these or not but either way i feel like we should still be able to uh beat them both times i don't think that anthony edwards would have an an exum moment and and go kind of crazy but i do believe that we'll we'll beat the wolves both times i'm with you on this one amadou i think if they drop a game uh it'll probably be against the knicks just because again that's a team like the Cavs that has been you know competing in you know almost all the games they've been playing this year um, and it's a team that has given the Cavs trouble. Julius Randle, you know, could have another big game and give the Cavs problems. I don't really. I, I would be. And it's nice that we're at this point with the Cavs where, mm-hmm. like, they're actually, like, sort of good. Yeah. So, like, I would be, like, seriously disappointed if we lost to the Timberwolves. Like, coming into the season, I don't think I'd be saying that. So, that's nice. But with that being said, I would be seriously disappointed if we lost either of these games against the Timberwolves. <laughs> they are just flat out bad. Yeah. They have no momentum. Um, I think they did end up winning a game here lately. Uh, but I did just... They? I. I yeah, I they, they, they did. did. I think because, like, D'Angelo Russell didn't even play down the stretch. And uh, whoever came in for him, I didn't watch the game. But, uh, you know, came the game yesterday? And, and I think they lost that yesterday? game yesterday. Yeah. No, they, they won a game recently. I know that they won a game recently. Within mm-hmm. the past three or four that they've played, they have won a game. Oh, well, three or four, but, yeah. Because uh, I, don't, I don't know if they won the, the two games they played against the Warriors. Well, what can I say? Uh, Jared Vanderbilt scares me, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, I that mean, guy is going to be the next Christian Wood. You can you can book, saying, like, you can book that. He is a baller. You can find um, and obviously not this podcast, but um, it was a podcast I did uh, a couple of years ago actually with one of my buddies. Uh, I think the, the podcast is it's well I know it is it's J One K. I was on that podcast talking to basketball, saying that I like Jared Vanderbilt when he was still in the Nuggets. Way before anyone was talking about Jared Vanderbilt, I do like Mark the guy. my words, he'll have a better career significantly than Bull Bull. Mm. Than Bull Bull? Bull Bull. I like that. I think, Bull Bull. I think I like that, that that's fair. Yeah, I yes, feel like that's he fair, has, fair. He has a defined role. Bull Bull will never play more than 50 games in the season. I'm sorry and, to Bull and, Bull, but I just don't see it. He needs to be eating cheeseburgers on the bench. I think that that's a hot take, but it's also like oh, not it's a, a scoop. It's, like it's, it's a it's a semi. It's, it's like a kind of like you're you're like dipping your foot in the geyser take, not like really yeah. steamy, but it's kind of it's kind of 
it's more than lukewarm. In, in most people's eyes, it's probably a pretty hot take, but it's one of the hot takes that you can get behind. You know, it's not like, it's not the Cavs will buy out Kevin Love hot. It's like good hot. But anyway, yeah, I, I can see that happening. But uh, one last thing I got to say here before we get out, guys. Have either of you voted yet? Oh, for the All-Star uh, game? I actually did. I actually did. I made sure that Colin uh, Sexton got my vote. You know, I think you can vote Colin Sexton, once, right? Yeah, you can vote, I think, like every day. But Colin Sexton, Larry Nance Jr., and Andre Drummond got my votes today. Yeah, I just don't know if, if Andre Drummond will I, I don't think but that's besides I, I, I the point. I think your Andre Drummond <laughs> vote should be redacted. <laughs> for but not, I'll, I'll get on voting. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. Sorry, Colin. But, um, yeah, anyway, with that, um, anything from either of you before we get out of here? I know, Andre, you got some work to do. Yeah. But uh, any any closing remarks, Stan? No, no, no taglines. No, no, no taglines. I actually today. do want to say Vanderbilt or Jared Vanderbilt is uh, a free agent, restricted free agent, I believe, at the end of this year. So, you know, maybe the Cavs could look to scoop him Cavs up. Cavs are going to make a run. Right. Let's do it. I they like that. That'd be a you know, I'm I'm totally on board. We, we yeah. can we can get into that in more next episode if we want to. But um, <laughs> yep. with that, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, I know we had to push this back a little bit later than we would have liked. I appreciate. We're gonna that. get the Josh Christopher hype train rolling though mm. soon. Let's yeah. do it soon. Very 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 soon. soon. But um, if you enjoyed listening, uh, subscribe. Never miss another episode. Go back and listen to some old episodes. Uh, rate the show five stars. Leave a nice review or not a nice review, depending on how you feel. Doesn't really matter. Just leave a review. Um, and with that, yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.